0: Good evening everybody, it's Pastor James here. just wanted to come to you tonight um, on the Saturday before Easter, before the day our Lord Rose, conquered the grave, conquered sin, and restored us once again to our rightful place. You know, I we hear so much uh, during this time of season. We, we we go through the whole week, and the week is f- phenomenal. I mean, you know, you look at Jesus's triumphant return into Jerusalem uh, on the on the the donkey you know, with the, the palm leaves, and you look at how he set the animals free. He that were slated for um, sacrifice, and you know the last supper, he the act of washing his disciples' feet, even the one who was going to betray him, all of these acts of service led up to the finality of the crucifixion and resurrection. and we we celebrate Good Friday because it's 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 kind of a tongue in cheek expression, uh, I take it that you know Good Friday, right? What's so good about it? I guess you could really say, but, you know, ultimately it's good because that's the act that had to happen to start us coming back to the family, right? And then there's Easter Sunday, obviously, that we celebrate, and it's a huge day, Resurrection Day, where, you know, the grave was conquered, uh, uh, death lost its sting, and just pretty an amazing day all the way around. But the day we don't talk about much is that interlude day, um, that Holy Saturday, the day before um, Christ was risen and the day after he was um, pronounced on the cross. And, you know, I often think in, in my quiet times, especially during this time of year, what was it like for the disciples, for his followers, for his faithful that had tagged along with him in all of his adventures and all of his, all of his escapades throughout uh, the region at the times, it, it really floors me to think that what could have been going through their minds? You know, we see at the foot of the cross, there's a very limited number of people that are there that are witnessing the death of Jesus. We know Mary... His mother was there. Mary Magdalene was there. Um, the disciple he loved most was there, who Jesus ended up charging um, Mary as, "This is your son now, woman. Look at him. This is your son now." Um, to which that disciple took her into his own home um, as his own mother to care for her, because the Lord had, you know, given her him over. Uh, To say, this is your mom. You need to take care of her. Um, But there weren't very many others. I mean, you look at Peter. Peter had, uh, he was so full of shame that he disappeared. Um, Where all the rest of them are, I'm not really sure. They scattered. Um, Judas had killed himself out of uh, guilt and realizing what he had done. But what were these guys doing, guys and women for that matter, doing? On that Saturday you know I was reading in uh, I was reading through the the four Gospels in Matthew Mark Luke and John uh, at that time from the crucifixion and when um, Joseph of Arimathea received the body from Pilate to the empty tomb and there's really nothing in that time frame that we see uh, what happens uh, and you know interestingly enough when I got to John I read a little bit farther uh, I read The section in my Bible, it's labeled as the empty tomb. It starts in John 20. And it talks about how Mary Magdalene had came early while it's still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, which everyone believes that's John, okay? And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. So Peter was slow. I, I, I sympathize with that because I used to be fast, not so much anymore. And they realized that he wasn't there, uh, and and you know, Peter looked in, and John looked in, and what was really cool was that the face cloth that they had put uh, on Jesus—that's that was typical in time—they put a face cloth over them before they, um, as they prepared them for burial. And it was because the Jewish customs of the time, they felt that the soul was in the blood. So they still followed those customs because of that was just the way it was. So they went; everything needed to be captured and taken to um, to the tomb with them. So that's why the head, head wrap was there. But they found all the linen neatly uh, wrapped up and rolled up, but the, the head linen was placed by itself. Really interesting. He, he even tidied up behind himself. But here it says, in verse 10, it says, So the disciples went away again to their own homes. And that's what I want to focus on. So these 11 men who were his disciples, not to mention Mary Magdalene and Mary, his, uh, his mother, as well as uh, his brothers that uh, were probably there to witness part of this whole fiasco that happened. So they ended up going to their own houses. Because that this was this was all around you know their place. What do you think it was like in those houses? I, I can only imagine that there was, uh, I mean, the emotions that were running through uh, them at the time were probably incomprehensible to us right now. I mean, there's guilt there, uh, there's anger, there's <clears throat> frustration, there's confusion all of these emotions are running through these disciples' minds, and, you know, we really don't focus on that during this time because, you know, as we celebrate this time, you know, if you are a born-again believer, you are a disciple of Christ. So for us, this day for many people is kind of a down day, a preparation day, if you will, for the events to come of tomorrow, right? So we're looking at you know, we've had our Good Friday. We have Good Friday service. You know, we celebrate the you know the somber mood of the 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 death of Christ and the the burial. And Saturday, nothing's going on. Um, well, to us, nothing is going on. And the same thing for the disciples back in uh, almost two thousand years ago. Nothing was going on. They were just kind of hanging out, just existing. Right. They weren't. There were no parties. There were no. Um, there was no, uh, revelry or celebrations. It was, a time of confusion and anger and sadness and uh, really a a trepidation as to what is to come, what's going to happen now that our master, our rabbi, our teacher, our lord is gone. You know, he had already prepared them, at the last supper, that in the upper room that they were that he had to die he had already he had laid the groundwork it's not like he was hiding anything from them right so he told them i have to do this in order to you know to make it to make his mission complete <laughs> however there's still unbelief and disbelief in in some of the uh, disciples the apostles because they while they had seen all of the Great miracles that had happened. I mean, from the water into wine to the uh, to the healing of the the blind and the the lame and the the uh, resurrecting the dead um, between Lazarus and the centurion's you know daughter and I mean just all these just amazing things that they saw happen and yet they still doubted. They still had fear. They still had questions. Because now they were left to their own devices, or so they thought. Um, Jesus had already told them I was sending I will send someone to, you know, comfort they were gonna send the Holy Spirit, you know, he's gonna send the comforter, someone to assist them in their mission. But because they had seen all of these things, their belief at this point was probably in a lot of the things that they could see. Not necessarily on what they had learned, what he had taught them, or what you know, they their belief was. It was the acts that he did, you know, the knowledge that he imparted in them in the, that brief three-and-a-half-year uh, ministry that he had. You know, it, it's their homes were probably, uh, you know, I, I can imagine there probably wasn't much eating. There probably wasn't much discussion or talking. They were probably all just very, you know, contemplative about what the next steps were. You know, they were probably scared because, you know, they knew that Jesus was put to death because he was a rabble-rouser, right? He was the one who got people worked up into a f into a frenzy because of the miraculous and amazing things that God could do through us and through specifically through him at the time. And he was a threat. And because these folks were associated with him, they were a threat as well. So they were probably also feared for their lives. Much like Peter when he denied after he was denying Christ the three times. You know, somebody asked him, aren't you one of his disciples? And he was like, no, I don't know him at all. You know, I can only imagine poor Peter. He was, oh, my gosh, could you imagine the the the, the guilty conscience that he had? I mean, it brings a whole new term, uh, a whole new meaning to the term Jewish guilt, right? How bad he was beating himself up about this. You know, so we don't really talk about this day uh, because, we don't know what happened there's not a good record of what happened but i i wanted to just come on here and talk to you guys because what does it look like what does it look like for these uh, you know these 11 apostles and you know mary and uh mary magdalene and what does it look like for them on this day you know he told them on the third day he would you know rebuild the temple uh, but you know he. That was told uh, almost as uh, as in his typical fashion as a parable because they assumed the temple would be uh, the magnificent structure that they had for places of worship um you know when he was when he died when he finally uh, said it was finished and and died you know the six inch massive uh curtain that hung between the outer and the inner chambers was was rent in two was torn in two, and you know that that's just not physically possible. Possible for somebody to tear it in half, you know, through physical means, through sheer mortal power. We just don't have that type of of strength. Uh, So they could only, I I can only believe that they were expecting some sort of miraculous redemption of the temple. Uh, Rather, he was the temple that would rise again and assume his rightful place at the right hand of god you know these these folks are you know and today we should be much like them we should be very contemplative and about what tomorrow holds you know i'm i'm really excited about our uh, service tomorrow we have a it's our first ever uh, easter resurrection service uh, for our ministry and it's i'm super pumped about it because this is the one of the greatest times of year not one of to me this is the greatest time of year because this is what it's all about all about this is what it boils down to this is why we have our faith this is why we have our beliefs this is why we have our promises and we can hold tight to the things that are to come not just in this life but in the next you know as we as we assume our place in heaven you know and we get to join the saints there and we get to see our Christ face to face. We get to, you know, see those that went before us that spread the gospel. I can't wait to meet Christ and see Billy Graham. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see him and and uh, so many others. You know, all the apostles to to really talk to him about what was it like to experience that. What was it like this day? You know, the day after the burial and before the resurrection what what was it like for you i want to challenge you tonight to think about that think about what that looks like for them put yourself in in their place you know really close your eyes and put yourself back in that time you know they were in their simple houses and they were you know probably huddled around in candlelight because they were in hiding their doors were locked their windows were closed they were locked away in their own Private hell at that point because they just didn't know what was to come they had the promise of what was to come but they didn't have the assurance of what was to come because their faith wasn't that great you know like i said it says in uh, john 20 verse 10 so the disciples went away again to their own homes so this just tells me that they were already there at their homes at their individual homes But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. The only one left at the tomb was Mary. Pretty amazing when, you know, these men spent such intimate quality time with Jesus and learned at his feet, saw his miracles, participated in those miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, you know, uh, the storm on the Sea of Galilee when you know Jesus walked on water out to them. You know, they were all participatory in these miracles, yet they basically went to hide and sulk and just try to wrap their brains around it when Mary just, she just was just there. What does it look like today? You know, are you one that, that, that doesn't have hope right now? Are you one that doesn't feel loved right now? Do you not know what tomorrow may hold? Do you not know what the next steps will be for you? If that's the case, you're just like these guys and these women that were so many years ago. But I'm here to tell you that there's hope because tomorrow there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning because that's the day we celebrate our risen Christ. Not the visage of him, not some uh, 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 symbol of a cross with a, a hanging effigy of Jesus on it. We celebrate the risen Savior, the empty tomb. That is what we celebrate. And while you may feel that there's no hope, you may feel that there's, you don't know what your next steps are, your next step is trust and faith. While I know that our trust and our faith in you know, our fellow human beings at times can be questioned, can be shaky at best, there's one that you can always lean on, and that's Christ. Because what He said, He did. There's no debating. There's no room for error. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for... Guessing it was done, you know, a lot of people take the Bible as a work of fiction, it's proved, been proved time and time again to be a historical book, it's a history book. If we can believe the history we're taught in school, then why can we not believe the history that's in this book? It's real, it happened, and our Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, waiting for the time to descend from the clouds and call His faithful to Him. And Tomorrow we get to celebrate that. But today, just remember today is not a day of lost hope. It's not a day of faithlessness. It's not a day that we question our beliefs. It's a day of anticipation. It should be a day where we're excited to wake tomorrow and know that Christ defeated the grave. He went to hell. He defeated hell. He put the devil on notice to let him know, your time is done. I pray that each of you tomorrow can be in a a faithful church, a Bible-believing church, to just hear the word. Hear what it is that we're celebrating. Why we have our faith. Why we have our assurance of what is to come. Praying for each of you. If there's anything that you ever need from us that we can help you with, that we can join up with you in prayer, reach out to us, uh, email, messenger, Facebook, anywhere. Get a hold of us. We'd love to hook up with you and help in any way we can. Just remember, hope through love. That's what it's all about. Bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm so glad you carved out some time to listen, and if you like this episode, or any of them for that matter, please share the show. Our ultimate goal here at Blue Mountain Ministries is to get the Word of God out to all that we can by bringing it through hope and practical teaching you can use in your daily life. want to get a few housekeeping items out of the way before we get started. If you'd like, you can follow us on Instagram at Pastor James Melody, on Facebook at Blue Mountain Ministries, and on YouTube at Blue Mountain Ministries. And check us out on the ministry homepage as well at BlueMountainMen.net. And by the way, if you're ever in Front Royal and want to come join us for service, currently right now in the winter months, we're having service on Sundays at 3 p.m. at the Shenandoah Farms Community Building. If you need directions or have questions, shoot us an email or hit us up in Facebook Messenger. All the details will be in the show. Hope you enjoy.